What's up everyone? Good morning and welcome to our online Water's Edge Sunday morning worship experience. Once again, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're getting messages from so many people saying that they're sharing these videos, these online messages and services with their friends and family, and it's helping other people. Thank you so much for doing that. People are tuning in from all over the place. For those of you that continue to give online, thank you so much for your generosity. It helps us serve people and love people and reach out to people and help people. Our next food pantry is gonna be on May the 12th. We expect to feed a lot of people that day. We have some other things coming up like block parties. We're gonna to minister to our neighborhood. Your generosity helps us love people and reach out to people once again. Thank you so much for doing that. Today, we continue with our current series entitled The Human Experience. And so in this series, this is what we're focusing on. We're focusing on the emotions and the feelings that we have in this life and how to process them and deal with them and talk about them as we go throughout this life called the human experience. The missionary Paul said this in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25. He says, so stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. All throughout the narrative of the scripture, all throughout the Bible, you will find verse after verse after verse. You will find this truth, this principle all the time. And this is what it is. And notice this today. We have to be honest. We have to be honest with ourselves about who we are, what we're going through, what we're dealing with, what we're facing. We need to be honest with our fellow humans, our brothers and sisters, and we need to be honest with God. But that raises another question. Do we even know how? Because we also need to be honest about what we're going through, what we're experiencing, what we're feeling, and the emotions that we have. Now, that's something that's very easy to understand when I say that, but many times we just don't know how to express or explain what's going on on the inside of us. For the past 24 years, I've been in the ministry, helping people, teaching people, praying with people, counseling people, observing people, leading people, and yes, studying people. It's been interesting. But that also means that I've spent years and years and years studying humans and the human experience and how we connect with God and how we connect with other people, our neighbors. The Bible says, Jesus says, that we have to love our neighbors as ourselves. So it should make complete sense to us today to understand ourselves better and to understand other people better so we can love each other better. Are you with me? So I've spent years studying what it means to be human, and this is one of the conclusions that I've come to. There is no greater conclusion about being human than this. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. We are emotional. We have emotions. One of the greatest truths about being real and alive and about being human is that we are emotional people and we are emotional beings. And the problem is we know very little about our emotions and we have very little language and words and vocabulary to draw on to actually explain what it is that I'm feeling when I go through what I'm going through. It seems like, as I observe, and if you would think about this too, it seems like many times we struggle with explaining with coming up with the words to accurately describe what it is I'm going through, what it is I'm feeling, what it is I'm struggling with, the heartache, the pain, and the emotions. We are emotional beings and we make emotional decisions. And as we enter into adulthood, we quickly realize that we were never really given the tools to understand and explain what it is that I'm dealing with and what it is that I'm feeling. What actually is it that I'm feeling and how can I explain it in a better way to ask for help or simply just to connect with other people? How can I explain to you 
what I'm going through. Here's the thing. We all know this over the past two years. We have all been through a lot. And many of us right now are finally feel like we're coming out of this feeling of being disconnected. But for the longest time, you and I have felt disconnected with ourselves, with our family, with people around us, with other people, and with God. Like almost this untethering feeling in our life that has separated us from connecting with other people, ourselves, and God, and thrown us a bit into chaos. And so notice this today, if you're still with me, Sam's I'm still with you. We need to learn and understand the connection between how people think, feel, and behave. This will help us understand a lot about the human experience, about what it means to be alive and what it means to let God, Jesus Christ, change our life. And notice this today, if you're still with me, Sam's still with you. The human experience is about how we think, feel, behave, and show up. If you wanna know what it's like to be alive, just to describe the human experience, this is what this is all about. It's about how you and I think, feel, ultimately how that leads us to behave and show up. Now, this previous question again, notice this. Let's look at it one more time. How do we cultivate meaningful connections with ourselves and with others? Now, this question is not two questions. It's just one. And this question is not one question with two different parts. It's just one question. And this is why. You cannot cultivate connections with other people and with God until you first understand who you are and connect with yourself. We try to desperately connect with others and with God while not knowing who we are. And when we do this, we have a tendency to start looking outward when we feel lost and disconnected like to social media. We start to look to Instagram and Facebook and Twitter where we secretly envy the lives that we think other people are living, but they only let you see what they want you to see. We look outside of our life to find a safe refuge for our pain when in reality, and remember this today, if you're still with me, Sam's so still with you. Because of our faith in Jesus, that refuge is within us. Where is that thing? Where is that thing because of our faith that's on the inside of us that we can connect with? There's something on the inside of us because of our faith that would allow you and I to connect with ourselves deeper on a more deeper level. And if you and I would do that with ourselves, then we can connect with God, Jesus Christ, on a more intimate level and with other people. So today, let's start with something basic, but not many people understand it. And some people would even disagree with this, but this is absolutely true about being human and the human experience. So if you're still with me, Sam, so still with you, notice this. We are not necessarily thinking machines as humans. We are feeling machines that think. The biggest mistake that you and I can make sometimes is believing that you and I as human beings are primarily thinking people, people who are driven by our thoughts and thinking, who on occasion stumble into emotions, and when we do, we stand back up again, we flick it off, and we get back to our normal thinking selves, our normal thought-driven selves. This is not true for anyone. This is not true for people who have a high IQ. This is not true for professors. This is not true for academics. This is not true for people who've been to college or seminary. This is not true for smart business people who have millions of dollars. This is not true for anyone. You are not primarily a thinking machine who on occasion stumbles into emotions. Remember this today. If you're still with me, Sam, still with you. We are above all else emotional beings who on occasion think. 
Above all else, you and I are emotional beings who on occasion stumble into thinking. And this makes it really difficult. It's hard because you and I don't pay enough attention to our feelings and emotions. How many of you were raised being taught to embrace your feelings, embrace your emotions, dive deep into them, try to understand them, come up with as many words as possible to accurately describe them when you go through something? None of us were raised that way. If you were raised like me, specifically in church, this is what we were taught about our emotions. Emotions are dangerous territory. Ignore them. Emotions will always get in the way. We were taught that, weren't we? Now catch this. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. If you spill hot coffee on your hand, the pain centers that light up in your brain are the same pain centers that light up when you experience rejection, exclusion, isolation, and betrayal. You and I process emotional pain in our brains, neurologically, the same way we process physical pain. The same parts of your body and brain that light up when you spill hot coffee on your skin or you burn your hand is the same parts of your brain that light up when someone rejects you, when you've been betrayed, left out, or isolated. We are emotional beings who feel and being on the outside of connection with yourself and other people and with God is like physical pain that we feel. That's why so many people feel like they're just being crushed under this heaviness of life. What we need to learn to embrace and express is this. This may surprise you, but if you're still with me, Sam, I'm still with you. It's language. It's words. It's communicating. Now remember this today. Language is the portal to connection, healing, and self-awareness. Having the right access to the right words to describe your emotions and feelings and what you're going through will change everything. Now, think about this. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. Could you recognize and name the emotions while you experience them? And not just a list of the ones that you know, but could you actually name the feelings and the emotions? Could you recognize them as you're going through something and experiencing those feelings at the same time? Could you name them and label them? Most people can only name three emotions. Happy, sad, and pissed off. If we can only name three, then maybe we need to unlimit ourselves and unlimit our words. It's been said that the limits of my language are the limits of my world. How often do we live unable to express what we're feeling and what we're going through and what we're struggling with because we simply don't have the words, the right words to explain it? It's like we cram everything that we feel in our life into those three words. What's going on? Happy. What's going on? Sad. What's going on? Pissed off. It's like my little French bulldog. When he's frustrated or hurting, he doesn't know how to describe that to people. All he knows to do is bark. Many times we're the same way. Something's going on. How do you feel? Happy. How do you feel? Sad. How do you feel? Pissed off. And we don't accurately describe to other people what's really going on in our heart. And it's hard to connect with God ourselves and others in this way. So here's a question. How can we learn to be emotionally specific? Words matter when we go through difficult experiences so we can describe our experiences and feelings to other people 
and ask for help. It would be helpful to give our emotions a boundary and a name when we feel them. It's important for our thoughts, for you and I to know and understand, to express to other people what we're going through, and also for you and I to understand what we're feeling. If you don't know how to describe what you're feeling, then sometimes it can change the experience for you. Let me say that again. If you don't know how to describe accurately what you're feeling, then sometimes it can actually change the experience for you. For instance, there's a big difference between stress and disappointment. There's a big difference between stress and feeling unsupported. You have to know how to explain what you're going through. Now, something that humans do often is this. We default to something called this. If you're still with me, Sam, I'm still with you. Forced, false positivity. This is where we default. A lot of these prosperity churches preach this kind of stuff, and this is basically what it is. Good vibes only, positive thoughts only, positive atmosphere only. These people are living in a fantasy land. Let me tell you why. When you say things like just be positive, good vibes only, what we're essentially saying is this. My comfort is more important than your reality. And it also keeps us from understanding truly what we're going through and what other people are going through. You see, language doesn't just communicate to other people what we're feeling, but it also communicates to you accurately what you're going through. So let's start with some tough ones today, just three as we get started, ones that we don't normally talk about, words that we don't normally use, but can open up a brand new world for you. The first one is this, if you're still with me, Sam's so still with you. It's anguish. Not many people have tried to tackle this subject or to describe or to define anguish. On occasion, a poet or an artist or a writer or a scripture writer will. Uh, anguish can mean this. It can mean this awful, knotted up, drawn out pain on the inside. This is not the same as sad. How do you feel? If you're in anguish, sad doesn't describe it. Anguish is that knotted up, drawn out pain that crushes you on the inside. So here's a good definition. Anguish is almost unbearable and traumatic swirl of grief and pain and powerlessness. When we say powerless, this is what we mean. It's when something happens to you and the anguish that you feel causes you to think and feel this. I can't believe this happened. I can't believe this is happening. This is this swirl of trauma and pain and grief and I feel powerless. I can't believe this is happening. Add this word to your language of emotions because you also needed to understand when other people are going through anguish. Now, let's take a different turn. Another emotion or emotions that we deal with many times that we don't know how to describe it and this is what it is. Awe and wonder. Awe is when you just wanna take it in and let it unfold. And we all have this awe list, like we wanna go to the Grand Canyon or we wanna see the Northern Lights. If we see those things, if we're in that place, it's like we just wanna stop and take it in and let it unfold. But also there's wonder. Wonder is not the same thing as awe. Wonder is when you're curious and you want more of it. And so many times when we think about awe and wonder, I wanna just take it in and let it unfold. I'm curious and I want more of it. Many times we think about the Northern Lights or the Grand Canyon, but what about those moments with your family or with your children or with people that you know and love or better yet? This is also a great description of what you and I feel when we pray and worship God. 
So when we're trying to explain to other people, hey, why do you go to that church and what do you feel there? Or when you walk with God or worship God, I mean, what does that do for you? Sometimes if we don't have the right words, words are important, we can't explain to other people what they're missing out on. So this is what we say when we talk about worshiping God. Oh, in that moment, I felt awe and wonder. I just wanted to stop and let it unfold with God. And then there was this wonder. I was curious about Jesus and I just wanted more. Sometimes if you don't have those words, then you don't know how to accurately explain what you're feeling, even in a positive way. The next is this. Let's take another different turn. It's grief. Why do you and I watch sad movies sometimes when nothing really bad is going on in our life? Or why do we sometimes walk into the backyard and sit on the back porch and listen to sad songs when there's nothing really sad going on in our life? Why do we do that in the human experience? Because we all do it. This is why, if you're still with me, say I'm still with you, to be moved, to be reminded of what it means to be human and to feel deeply. How we feel is about our body's response to something and grief is when the pain that you have is tied to a story. It's not the same thing as sad or depressed or even pissed off. When you have grief in your life, it's this pain that you have that's tied to a journey. It's tied to a story. Grief is what you feel when you lose something or someone and you have history with it. Grief is what you feel when you've been betrayed and there's history there and there's a story. It's not the same thing as being sad. Something we have to understand about the human connection with others and ourselves is this, we cannot read emotions in other people, and we think we can, and we cause a lot of pain in this world when we try to. We all have to learn to find the language to communicate clearly how we feel to other people because other people cannot accurately read what we're going through. Understand this today. If you're still with me, Sam, I'm still with you. Most people aren't misunderstood because they're misunderstood. Most people are misunderstood because they don't know how to be clear. I meet so many people who say, man, I'm not being seen. I'm misunderstood. I get it. But one of the main reasons why you're being misunderstood is not because you're surrounded by selfish, toxic people. Some of you are, and that may be why you're being misunderstood. But most of the time, we're misunderstood simply because we don't know how to be clear. It's not that you don't want to be clear, but maybe you haven't been given the words or the tools to be clear. How do we get reconnected with ourselves and Jesus and each other? We need to give each other the freedom to fully explain to everybody around us how we actually feel. And then we need to hold ourselves accountable when we let ourselves be driven by our emotions. Something else is this. If you're still with me, Sam, I'm still with you. I told you I was going to help you today. We must learn to believe people when they explain to us how they feel, even if it doesn't make sense to us. Let other people tell you how they feel. Stop telling the other people in your life how they should feel. You don't know. You don't have that ability. Let them tell you and explain to you how they feel. And when they do, let's believe each other. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 7, the missionary Paul says, Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. Love is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. When it says love is always hopeful, that means love always believes the best. It believes people. Remember this today. Notice this. Our mind does two powerful things most of the time. It worries about the future and it processes the past. It reprocesses the past over and over again. It's hard for you and I to live happy, 
stable, and peaceful on the inside if we always let our mind worry about the future. What if? What if this happens? What if? How am I going to deal with this? How? How am I going to overcome this? What if? Fear is always a what if question most of the time based in the future. And then we always go to the past. Why did I? How could I? I feel so bad. It's hard to be happy. It's hard to have peace. It's hard to feel strong if you always let your mind worry about the future and beat yourself down over the past. And it becomes hard when you live this way to connect with God and others and yourself. Life used to be peaceful. Life used to be better. Life used to be easier, but it's not that way now. Are we connecting with God, ourselves, and others? Because this is intimacy. Like we talked about last week, be still, stop, focus, get determined, be still, and know that He is God. Be intimate with God, know yourself, know God, and know other people. But what does any of that even mean? Here's a great definition for intimacy. If you're still with me, Sam, I'm still with you. It's telling someone your thoughts and behaviors without the fear of judgment or punishment. When you have intimacy with someone else, you can tell them how you really feel without the fear of judgment or punishment. It's safe. God is love, and he longs to be in an intimate relationship with you. So spill your guts to him. Tell him about your thoughts, fears, feelings, and emotions. He can handle it. He loves you. He's not interested in punishing you. He wants to heal your heart, your soul, your mind. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And that's exactly how we should treat the other people in our life. Let's allow each other to be intimate with each other about how we feel. Let's explain to each other using the right words about what's going on on the inside of us. And when we do, let's believe each other and let's support each other. And let's help each other because most of the time we don't have the ability to walk in someone else's shoes. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. I love this verse. And we'll close with this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in every single situation so that we can comfort others with the comfort that we have received from God. This is what the scripture says that our God's the Father of all mercy, all comfort. He can give us that comfort in every single situation. And when He does, when we're intimate with Him, He pours that comfort inside of us. And when someone else is hurting, we believe them, we listen to them, and we pour that same comfort inside of them. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you have a wonderful week and we cannot wait to see you back next week. And by the way, if you're a local listener online and you want to get back to worshiping with us, we are live and in person. We are open. Come hang out with us in person. We have plenty of room. We would love to see you. Have a great week.